0: Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bolesby.
1: Welcome, dear listeners, to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa, and I am with... Wendy. And we are going to talk about... was it? Day four of Fantastic Fest? Yes,
0: four. Day four billion. Day four... Yes. Yeah,
1: the the sun has... uh, There there is no sun. The the heat death of the universe has happened, uh, but we are still watching movies. Yes. That's about what I feel
0: like right now. <laughs> I had
1: a super tired day today. Oh, oh, God.
0: Yeah, I was feeling it today.
1: Yeah. I skipped this morning, the, the morning slot, so I only had Let it movies. be
0: known. Melissa was the first to crumble. It's true. <laughs> it's
1: true. I woke up this morning and I went, no. You no, know, this
0: isn't good. You know what I can do? I can... All of this, all of this, is by choice, Melissa. I, I want us to contemplate that.
1: I know, and and I made the choice to sleep in. I wish it was a, it was a good choice. I admire you for that. Actually, it it was really good. All right, so first round for me. (laughs) It's it's like two in the morning, dear listeners, and we're sitting on Wendy's porch. There's road construction happening.
0: The the road you want to talk about for always and never ending. That's what this fucking road construction is. (laughs) So there has always been road construction. There will never not be road construction. This is my life now.
1: You can just uh, imagine us living in a metal refinery in the middle of a desert like uh Mad Max.
0: Yeah, like I mean that's how yeah, we're in Bartertown.
1: Yeah, we're in Bartertown. Yeah,
0: Barter I rule Bartertown, BT Dubs. Of course. Um so in the first round, the what did you see? I saw the last to see them. How was this that? was a really interesting film. Uh it's uh, Logan who programmed it. Called it the anti-found footage film um, because. So the premise is, and this there's no spoilers to be had for this, listeners. Uh, the title card comes up right away and says that this family, this Italian family, somebody's driving by with their
1: radio it's, it's, very loud. It's
0: ambiance. It's ambiance. Welcome to my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, their GPS was turned up loud. Wow. Um, so the title card comes up and says, this Italian family was killed on this specific night by robbers in their home. Uh, the son, the daughter, and the mother and father. And then what happens is you you watch that final day. Okay. And you watch all the small things that people do. Mm-hmm. Um all this, and also all the complications of life, like the mother clearly is battling some illness. Yeah. Uh, the daughter is trying to, like, she's it's young love, but her father doesn't really approve of him, and mm-hmm. what's her choice there? And the son is having some identity issues. And all of this is going on, but overlaid on top of it is the knowledge that it's their last day. Mm-hmm. And you watch them all day long through dinner, and then saying goodnight and closing up the house, and and then you see a car drive up, Ugh. and that's the end of the movie. Wow, and so the audience becomes the last to see them, huh. and it's like it's it's not for everyone, um, but I do actually still recommend it. It's the kind of movie that is so important. Because it expands the possibilities of what a movie can do. Mm-hmm. Like, it increases the palette of options for other filmmakers. Like, whether or not you loved it, whether or not it's a hit, it is adding to it is adding to the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was an interesting start to the day. I cool. liked it. I liked it. So, yeah, that was my round one. You were sleeping.
1: I was sleeping. Delightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Great. <laughs> uh,
0: so then, you did show up for round two. What'd you I, see?
1: I saw the platform, which I loved.
0: I am super excited oh, about that one. The platform is
1: good.
0: Is but is it the pool good? Like that's what we got to find out. You watch the pool. I'll watch the platform. The, the and then platform we'll... is
1: is like. What if Snowpiercer were better?
0: Whoa,
1: yeah. Okay, yeah. So the concept the, the the concept of the movie is pure gold. It, it's it's amazing concept. So it's set in this. It's kind of a prison, but some people are there of their own volition. But the prison has different levels to it. Like um, nobody knows how far down it goes, but. The, there's level one, level two, level three, level four, blah, 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 blah. And so it goes
0: down, not necessarily it, up. It
1: goes down.
0: And the
1: people, there is this pit in the center of the, the level that it, you can see down to the other levels. And on each level, there's, you know, this kind of balcony around the pit. It has no railing. But there are two people on each level. And every day, once a day, there is this platform that descends down the pit through this, this open pit in the floor, and it stops on each level. And so it stops on level one, and, and, and it's filled with all this exquisite food, just mounds and mounds and mounds of food. And it's like panna cotta and escargot and, and bottles of wine. And, and so it stops for a few minutes on level one, and the people in level one get to eat as much as they want. And then it goes down to the next level. Can they level take two. off and hoard? Nope. Okay. The if you take food off of the platform after it starts descending, the uh uh the heat suddenly starts going up or oh. down in the room, like very, very rapidly. So you have to toss away the food that you tried to hoard, or else okay. it will kill you.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So by the time this platform gets down a few levels, there's no, there's like nothing left for the lower levels. And the thing is, when you're in this prison, you're on a level for a month, and then suddenly you wake up on a different level, and it's randomly assigned. So, you could be lucky and get one of the upper floors. You could be really unlucky and get one of the lower floors and uh, basically starve for a month. And so it's this movie set in this place. That's brilliant. Holy cow. It is amazing. Okay.
0: And it does so much with that concept. It is really, really good. And that said, I chose to watch a different film that I would not have wanted to miss, all right. what did you see? I saw Ride your Wave. Uh-huh. This is the movie that my friend Luke was like, that's the most windy film at the festival this year. and is like, it? I don't know if I would actually agree with that because I am I am a breadth of tastes okay. right because of course, I love the platform sounds amazing. I fucking love um, a couple of other movies um, mm-hmm. the, the pool like you know, I love them ridiculous, but He's not wrong. I did love it. Okay. What uh, is it? It's an anime. Okay. Uh, and it the and it's a romance. It's a romantic story. And it's realistic, except... Except. So... And this is not any kind of real spoiler. Uh, young couple falls in love. She loves to surf. Mm-hmm. And... And then he... Uh, he, she teaches him how to surf, and then one day he goes surfing alone, and s- somebody's in trouble. He's a firefighter, s- fire rescue, so he goes into the water to save somebody else, and he dies. Oh. And he had promised that he would never leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And they had this song that they sang to each other that they both loved, and when she sings that song near water, he appears in the water. Okay. Because he promised he'd never leave her alone. Nobody else can see him. Okay. And then... So she fills up a giant plastic floaty with water and carries it around with her everywhere so she can have him with her. Yeah, that happens. And then there's some magical realism where... How he, big is this floaty? Uh, like six feet tall. Like a giant that finless be... porpoise that can walk because he can make water move. He can <laughs> control water. That, that'd be very heavy. Well, it, that's good. it can walk on its own. And what's fun is that like she's riding the train with it okay. and talking to it and you can see that they've drawn the other characters in the cards just looking at her like, what in the actual. fuck? <laughs> so that's the premise that makes it a fantastic fest movie. but realistically, it's really just this young woman coming to terms with her grief mm-hmm. and learning how to let go. Cool of this of the man that she loved. Yeah, and it was just sweet and charming and with magical realism and he can control water and,
1: yeah, it was just, yeah. A, a magical pool floaty, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm
0: in, I'm in. And then after that, I saw Sea Fever. Okay. This one is... I, I detect a nautical theme to your day. I, weirdly, yeah. Also, one of the sub-themes this year is time travel, FYI. Fair. Very, very much a sub theme this year. Also, horses named Comet. Apparently. Yeah, that's a sub sub theme because there's only two of those, but yeah. there's like six time travelers. But that's nice.
1: a very specific sub theme, right? Yeah.
0: Also, uh, a couple of um, moms with cancer.
1: Like, yeah, a couple moms, three.
0: Moms and there,
1: there's cancer. yet another one in the platform.
0: Oh my god. Okay, we're up to four. Yeah. Um, oh, maybe so, not.
1: Well, anyway.
0: Uh, so, sea fever is Irish. Mm hmm. Um, it's got a couple of names in it. It's got Connie Nielsen and De Grey Scott. Okay. Um, Connie, Connie Nielsen's great. If you, if you, if you're not quite sure listeners, that is, uh, Queen Hippolyta from, uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. That actress. And so, uh, this young, um, marine biologist, uh, to finish her capstone basically for her phd she's got to go out on a fishing boat and do a research project Mm -hmm. she is very much not a people person she's like i study patterns that's what i do people are confusing and i don't like them okay and this and her her professor's like tough shit you got to go out on this boat and do this and make a friend will Mm -hmm. (laughs) you he literally says like fucking make a friend will you so she goes out on this fishing boat. She's got red hair, which they consider unlucky. Ah. And they in so it's an interesting movie in that it's kind of a creatures from the deep. Uh huh. It's a little bit parasite body horror. Okay. But it's mostly isolation and the paranoia that comes with that. And what are we going to do? Right. And and it, like trying to use your intellect to solve a problem nobody's ever had to deal with yet before mm-hmm. and the character work is great uh the the day denu- new like the ultimate end is like yeah that yeah yeah um yeah i really really liked it like it was just solid like it wasn't one like you come out and you go like oh you fucking need to see sea fever but like yeah you should fucking put it on your schedule it was good awesome and I, i'm pretty sure it was a female director awesome yeah, so um, we've got a few of those this year. Yeah, there we been need more, more but uh, for yeah. always. But yeah, yeah. what did you see in round three? Scream
1: Queen, my nightmare on Elm Street. Oh,
0: that's the doc about Nightmare on Elm Street too. It is
1: so good. Oh, good. it is so good. It, um, so, dear listeners, if you're not familiar with Nightmare on Elm Street two, um, it was. Pretty much reviled when it came out in the '80s,
0: almost immediately. But
1: it has, <coughs> in recent years, been reevaluated by the gay community, and it's like this is this this movie has a lot of queer subtext or text, depending <laughs> on your uh, yeah. depending on your view of the movie, and uh, was kind of before its time in that way. And the lead of the film, instead of being a final girl, like it was uh, for the first Nightmare on Elm Street, it was a final guy, but the guy was played by an actor named Mark Patton, who, um, he was kind of this up-and-coming actor, and he finally landed his, his big role. A starring role in, a, in starring, a major franchise. Starring role in a major franchise, and the thing flopped, and the, the thing is, you know, People, the movie was released during the peak of the AIDS crisis, mm-hmm. the, the the AIDS epidemic. Nobody knew what was going on. You know, it was killing people very, very fast, and so America was just super paranoid about AIDS, and you know, gay was a dirty word, and the whole thing. So this was the exact wrong time for a movie like this to come out, and. Um, unfortunately Mark Patton, this lead actor, is also gay. And so when that movie flopped because of its gay subtext um, and it basically he got dropped by the movie industry pretty quickly because it's like, you can't play straight, we can't cast you in anything.
0: Nobody's gonna buy you straight.
1: Yeah. And so... He was devastated, but moved on with his life, became an interior designer, did other things. And he basically just vanished. Mm -hmm. Well, for many, many years, he was just completely gone. And then, um, as Nightmare on Elm Street has kind of gotten this resurgence through the horror community in the last, you know, especially the last five, six years, and... The um, Nightmare on Elm Street Two has been reevaluated. People are going, where, where's the lead of this movie? We're and eventually, ev- eventually they tracked him down. He was living on a dirt road in Mexico with t- his now husband and uh, with with their dog, and he had like a little shop, and oh. it was just like just living a completely separate life and he kind of got pulled back into the horror community and, and he was welcomed back with open arms by by the horror like, community and, and the queer, by the, and the the queer, queer community, community. Yeah. and so it, the, this, this documentary is taking, you know doing this evaluation of the movie but also talking about his life and his you know, ride through this uh you know the aftermath of this movie, and uh, you know so much more happens, but it is so well done.
0: Oh, good! It's so well done. The documentaries this year all looked amazing. Yeah, so many good ones. Like, like I think it's like six or eight documentaries this year.
1: Yeah, lots of movie documentaries, because we've got You Don't Know Me, which is about showgirls. showgirls. We've got Screen uh, Spring Queen. Queen. We've got the one about Alien, Memory, Origins of Alien. And we've got Phil Tippett. We've got the Phil Tippett documentary. We've got
0: Iron Fists and Kung...
1: Kung, Kung Fu, Fu Kicks.
0: And we've got Nail in the Coffin. That's six. Yeah. That's at least six. At and least six. I feel six. like there's a couple more that I'm forgetting.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right on that. Ah. Uh, Oh, the the one about the clown,
0: wrinkles, wrinkles of clown. clown. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's a good slate of documentaries.
0: The docs are strong this but, year. Yeah,
1: scream Queen is really really good. And the
0: full title <laughs> is Scream Queen: My, My Nightmare.
1: Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. And I didn't realize this until until the lights came up for the Q and A. The entire time I was sitting next to Mark Patton, <laughs> he like got up and ran up there. Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> he was sitting to my right, and and even better, even better. Um, the this came out of the blue uh, before they started up the movie. Um, the I can't remember who was running the doing the intro, but the the draft house person doing the intro said, "Okay, I want you uh, before we start this movie. I want you to scream as loud as you can, but not right now. I want." We need to be properly coached in screaming. And so uh, here's Cecil Baldwin from Welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> and Cecil Baldwin walks up and I'm like, oh! because I like Night Vale. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Cecil Baldwin's there in this fantastic, like, sweet suit. And he he's like, I want you to breathe in, take a big, deep breath and hold it. And just, like, relax and hold your breath for, like, 10 seconds and then we are going to scream and you know he like really hyped us up and then we all let out this blood curling screen and then they run the movie and then of course when uh, everybody went up for the Q&A after the film and uh, uh, Mark Patton ran up there to you know be center stage uh, Cecil Baldwin took his place right next to me and I'm like shit I'm sitting next to Cecil Baldwin
0: now (laughs) (laughs) so I got to meet Cecil Baldwin that's fantastic that's fantastic to coin a phrase yeah he was very nice uh and then oh you
1: i got into secret screening but what did you see during that song i
0: saw synchronic
1: that's that's the
0: benson moorhead okay uh so listeners benson and moorhead are another they're kind of another uh mascot of fantastic fest Mm -hmm. in that their films usually play there and um I can never remember which one's which. I think Aaron. I think it was Aaron. I mean, I know which one he looks like, but I can't remember which name is which. But Aaron was like, the thing is, so you're making a movie, and, you know, you're it's awful. And all you're thinking about is when you finally get to show it to, to people. And the reality is that it is, because it's already, it already... It had its world premiere someplace else. I forget uh-huh. which festival. It might have even been TIFF. Um, Toronto Inter- International Film Festival. They're like, look, yes, it's other people have seen it, but weirdly, this, this, playing at Fantastic Fest, is the, what was always in my head of, I, that will be when I will, like, it will be done, and I will show it at Fantastic Fest. And this is very incredibly stressful, because you know how you, you work on something and you show it to your family? <laughs> and there's like fifteen hundred of you, uh-huh, so this is very stressful for us right now, and it was very charming, so they did um the first film I saw was the Endless uh, uh-huh. and you took me to that because you had seen resolute
1: uh, Res- uh, resolution
0: no, resolution and spring also
1: spring spring was the big one that I wanted to turn you on to
0: and so I saw the Endless, loved it. Then went back and watched Resolution uh-huh. and Spring, and loved them. So uh, this one's in the time travel sub uh, sub theme. The uh, and it's got Anthony Mackie in it. <gasps> Yay! And the other another name actor who I can't remember Jamie something. Um, so they're, they're the two main actors. So more of a budget, um, and it's it looks real good, mm-hmm. uh, and. The premise So they're both paramedics And they start seeing these people They're getting calls For the weirdest fucking injuries And deaths Mm -hmm. And all of them are related to these people Taking this drug called Synchronic Okay And like this one woman Has a snake bite From Uh a snake that Has not lived in New Orleans In decades Mm -hmm. Where the hell does the snake come from And they can't find the snake Uh, another guy falls to his death in a elevator shaft like just all kinds of weird shit and there's some family drama going on as well and then the main thing that happens is that the the not Anthony Mackie his 18 year old daughter and of course the two of them have been partners forever so Anthony Mackie has been an uncle to her and has been watched Mm -hmm. her grow up Uh, she goes to a party takes Synchronic and disappears oh god okay so, where is she? And, I mean, with a name like Synchronic, and I've already told you there's time travel involved. So, so when is she? Exactly.
1: And, uh-huh. like,
0: and so it's, so then it becomes kind of a procedural, kind of a mystery, mm-hmm. solving the problem of time travel. Awesome. So, it was really good. I like their movies so much. I like the pacing of them. I like the tone of them. I like that they consider like the he the writer Justin even said, like, look, we wanted to be very clear. Time travel is a fun idea, but it would traveling to the past would really only work for a very very small segment of the population. Yep. White guys. Yep. Anthony Mackie is the one who's traveling back in time. (laughs) In New Orleans. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. So once that pops in your head, every time it happens, you're just like, oh, shit. Where's, what's going to happen this time? So, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. I'm glad I saw the premiere so that I could see their Q&A, which was delightful. They're very personable people with great stories. Oh, they hated the dog in the movie oh how how can you hate a dog well and one of them the aaron is like you know i love dogs i love dogs this dog was a piece of shit apparently they picked a dog that had like no energy and hated anthony mackie oh no and so like they couldn't get like getting the dog to do what they wanted on screen was apparently just a nightmare (laughs) just a fucking nightmare wow so yeah um, All right, <laughs> and but you got into the secret screening.
1: I got into the secret screening, and okay. you were right, Wendy. It was something I wanted to see.
0: What was we- it?
1: Dolomite is my name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I am so happy. Y- yes, it, it. I mean, aside from Knives Out. Dolomite Is My Name was uh-huh. my one of my other wish list things uh-huh. on, f- I to know see that. a fantastic uh-huh. So, dear listeners, if you're not familiar with what this is, it is a movie about Rudy Ray Moore, who is the guy who... The exploitation the director... Creator. Comedian creator of Dolomite and Avenging Disco Godfather and... Uh, P.D. Wheatstraw, good god that's a terrible and wonderful movie um, and he, it, it, all these um like he did seven or eight um, just absolutely insane black exploitation movies, with primarily, with black casts and primarily black crew and um and kind of a do-it-yourself-or-operation and um, like d- you know, when Dolomite was finally distributed, it mm-hmm. was uh, insanely profitable because it was entertaining to black audiences. Almost nothing was aimed towards black audiences at the time in the 70s. Yeah. So, so just made tons of money that way. And, um, but anyway, it's really, really more from, you know, starting out with the start of his uh, stand-up comedy career going up through the creation of Dolomite nice and eddie murphy is playing rudy ray moore mm-hmm. and he is phenomenal
0: he is a very talented actor yeah. who has never gotten his
1: due yeah it's it's true and he's I, i'm hoping he gets it this time um and it's a it's a really fun movie because rudy ray moore was just kind of this guy that was all bluster and it's like i want to be famous that's what i want to do i want to be famous how do i get famous uh, I'll try stand-up comedy and he just kind of muscles into the stand-up comedy world okay I can do that how how do I get bigger uh I'll make an album yeah and he muscles his way into recording all right I'm gonna make a movie <laughs> and, and it's just it is so fun and, and um, it, it's kind of the 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 guy in the little community around them that could you know it's they didn't know shit about making movies, but by God, they made a movie,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and it's hysterical. It, it 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 shares a lot of DNA in that way with uh, the disaster artist. Oh yeah. In that, when you watch a Rudy Ray Moore movie, it is absolutely bonkers. Okay. I mean, have you ever seen Dolomite? no i have not or or any any other rudy oh my god it mm-hmm. you it, it's hard to explain a rudy ray Moore movie you just kind of have to see it for yourself there's um a delightful recreation of the filming of one of the more famous scenes of dolomite where it's a sex scene and they they were like we don't know how to make do a sex scene really um well then Let's make it funny. Okay. And so they, they, they rig up the bed with these pole ropes. And so the, the sex scene is happening on the bed and the bed is rocking back and forth. And like pictures on the wall are moving up and down the wall. And eventually the ceiling caves in and the firecrackers go off. And <laughs> it's funny. And you can tell every single person in this movie in, in, Dolomite is my name, mm-hmm. is having the best time. And uh the the great MVP, the uns- she's gonna be the unsung MVP of the movie is um what's her name? Divine Joy. I can't remember her name. It starts with an R. But um she is this large black woman, and she's playing uh Lady Reed, mm-hmm. uh, also known as Queen Bee, who black woman who got into uh, kind of partnered up with uh, Rudy Ray Moore and also went into stand up comedy.
0: Divine Joy
1: Randolph. Divine Joy Randolph, thank you. And uh, she was actually there to do a Q and A for oh. the film, and she is wonderful uh, to hear her speak. She is very much. You know, he just got to get out there and do it, sort of personality. Yeah. And you can tell she was just having the best time oh. on the movie. Ah. And she was telling us about um, working with Eddie Murphy and when he was having uh, an exceptionally fun day, you know, people just, he'd just be cracking jokes right and left and people would just be falling over themselves laughing on set. And there's this one scene which is inside a limo. Where they're kind of all crammed into a limo to go to this premiere of Dolomite, and they're having the conversation of, oh, what if it, what if it doesn't do well? Oh well, it, it, and they're reading the, the 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 critiques that are coming out in the papers, and that they're all bad, and they're they're kind of crestfallen. And um, Eddie Murphy's character is like, look, we made a movie, you know, we've we made this, we made this, we're. No matter what happens, we're going to go in and have a good time. And apparently while filming that scene, Eddie Murphy was just impossible to shut up. <laughs> like he was just cracking jokes, cracking jokes. And the, the scene in the movie is like cut, 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 because they couldn't get enough footage of everybody not laughing to do this scene. And, and if you look at uh, um, uh, Divine... Um, told us that if you watch carefully in the scene, you can actually see her boobs jiggling because she was laughing, <laughs> <laughs> trying to look sad, trying to look, trying to look crestfallen or, or whatever, and just boobs <laughs> jiggling because <laughs> she's trying
0: hard not to laugh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But it is so good, and it's like everything I wanted it to be. It, it's the right tone for a Rudy Ray Moore biography. It doesn't get into any deep drama or anything like that. It's just kind of reveling in this colorful guy.
0: That's fantastic.
1: That is fantastic. It's, yeah. I am I'm so happy I saw it. I'm so happy it's good.
0: Yay! <laughs> Yay! Now what did you see in the last slide?
1: I saw Trempa Infernal.
0: Okay, that's one of the repertory Mexican.
1: Yes. Oh. It it is a An example of a type of movie that has kind of not been archived very well. These are specifically Mexican-made straight-to-video movies from the 80s um, that were specifically for Mexican and Mexican-American markets. Like, they went straight-to-video primarily, but also they had, like, One theater in Los Angeles that was uh, catering to the immigrants of Los Angeles and making bucks actually doing a theatrical showing there. And there's this one family that was producing a lot of these movies, um, just cranking them out. You know, like there's five weeks of shooting, you can fund them for $200,000, crank them out, put them on video, do the next one. And this is one of those movies. So it is a slasher movie um, where the premise is there are these two guys who have some sort of undefined beef with each other. They're chasing they're chasing each other around with uh, pink gun pistols and one continually beats the other and they're just like, ah, oh, damn. And they they keep betting on uh who can get the other person with the paintball gun and they inexplicably each have a crony they have each have a girlfriend and they're talking in a bar and uh they make another bet to catch this bear that has apparently been killing hunters in this certain region so they go okay we're gonna go shoot the bear and they go find go get guns from a questionable guy in a trailer and they're they're individual cronies and their girlfriends come along, of course, on this bear hunting trip. None of them knows anything about bears. So they go out to this wooded area, and unfortunately the bear is actually a serial killer, who is wearing, like, a... looks like a Glenn Danzig mask, (laughs) and, like, Bee Gees' hair... Um, he has a, uh, uh, coveralls, like, Michael Myers. He has a Freddy glove, except they're, like, sawtoothed, instead of, razors. And, uh, he has a heart archery set. And so he's, like, fire... So this killer starts, like, firing arrows and stalking this group and picking off the teenagers one by one. You know, the usual thing. And, um, that's pretty much it. (laughs) That sounds bonkers. It pretty much is. It, It is... In, in parts of it are just exquisitely dumb. like oh. Really, really wonderfully terrible. Um, but, you know, it's 77 minutes long and parts of it still drag. So I think I was kind of tired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I got, I think, probably the premiere midnight film of this festival. Ooh, what did you get? Why don't you just die? Yeah. That's a great title. It is a great title. It's Russian. Okay. The filmmaker was there. I didn't stay for the q and I am so toast right now. Um, yeah. But he did come up to introduce it with that thick Russian accent. Oh. And he's like, there, there will be uh, blood on the screen. <laughs> I, I hope you stay to the end. <laughs> like like oh, that kind of thing. Beautiful. Um, and it's the kind of movie... That has audience reaction to it. It's like it does play yeah. better with a crowd for that reason. Um, like just a whole lot of oh, and then like so funny mm-hmm. the 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 black humor of oh shit's just gonna go sideways right now
1: mm-hmm.
0: or like so the premise is this young man. The very first shot, this young man is. About to ring a doorbell and he's holding a hammer behind his back. What? Mm-hmm. And what comes out very quickly is his girlfriend has asked him to kill her father. Okay. Because her father raped her when she was a child. Okay. She says. Mmm. Okay. And then, so he. But then because a neighbor comes by right when the father answers and it's all awkward. And uh, so he doesn't actually get the blow right in. Okay. So then he's having to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm, I'm your uh, daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, she wanted us to meet. Well, where is she? I guess she's running late. Come in um, and sit down and the hammer falls out i'm just the scene is so beautiful the hammer falls out he looks at it and the father is this beefy bald-headed thuggish Mm -hmm. man and he's like uh and i forget how he brings it up but he's like so did my daughter tell you that i'm a police detective (laughs) (laughs) and you this young man who's playing the like there's very little things that he actually says Mm -hmm. everybody else talks around him okay but his face is great because he just sort of makes this little whimper noise and kind of, oh. Did <laughs> she tell you I was a police detective? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, What's and, um, and so then what proceeds to happen is he's committed to killing this man and he makes a game effort, but this man is in his own house with guns. Mm-hmm. And it very quickly the the person who won't die is this poor young man, and <laughs> this father just starts. Why are you here? Because and because the, like all of this happens in the first ten minutes, Melissa. <laughs> he tries to shoot him with a shotgun. The kid knocks it. It goes into the ceiling, and suddenly there's money raining all around. <laughs> So this is a corrupt cop. Uh-huh. So he's wondering who this young man is and who sent him. Mm-hmm. And tell me who sent you because I've got a lot of enemies. So, And it just keeps getting bigger <laughs> and more and adding in new layers and new wrinkles Aww. of the partner and this piece of corruption and the daughter and this and that. And then, and then the, the third act it's ridiculously bloody <laughs> and, and it's just it's and there's some there are some serious moments of just oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, oh god and it was fantastic it was so great okay it was so great like between the pool and why don't you just die like everybody everybody have drinks and and like just yell together and be very cathartic. It's very cathartic because everybody's like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's this one great moment. There are a couple of... By the end, he's gone through so much. He's not even talking, cause, mm-hmm. and he's just watching. He's literally watching the shit that's going down between all these family members now God. as he's laying on the couch bleeding. And you just watch him just... As things as certain revelations get made and you can just you just watch his eyebrows just shoot up like the fuck <laughs> It's so delightful. Oh, uh delightful perfect. in a really bloody, violent, gory kind of way. You know, awesome. Yeah, it was it was yeah, I really you would love it. You would love it. And you should okay. see it in a film. You should I will try. Yeah, try try to make it in the the second half. That one you, was
1: not previously on my radar. It is now.
0: You can like i I was interested because of the blurb, but that was one that Luke called out because I was like, "So, Luke, tell me the ones that you were like, okay. yes.'" And he's like, "Well, you need to see Ride Your Wave. That's the most windy thing I think of this festival." And he's like, "And blah blah blah, and blah blah." And then he went, "Oh shit! Why don't you just die? It's great." And I'm All like, right, okay, and he was not wrong. <laughs> now, Melissa, there's something I need to tell you. Oh, oh, what? Jerry's gonna be here tomorrow. <gasps> Really? Yes. Why is he going to be, Why? <laughs> because um, I managed to get enough of a signal that when I looked at my phone during the Q&A of Synchronic, there was a message from Jerry saying, the flights are bizarrely cheap and I could leave, I could leave here tomorrow morning and come back on Friday, but it says... Um, uh, but can you double check that there are still second half badges available for me? Awesome. And so I went and I checked, and there was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, no, there actually should be. And he's like, great. So Jerry has, that's the message I was just replying to. Oh, that's to. amazing. Jerry has bought his plane ticket. Amazing. He's got his badge. And he will be arriving tomorrow. And uh, we need to figure out where we're going to put everybody. <laughs> we need to figure out who's sleeping where. Oh, that's easy. It, well,. But we could do that off the mic. But I thought you'd like to know. That's amazing. One of our co-shananigators will be here.
1: All right. Yeah. So. I guess he could go in the music room. Well. (laughs) You have a music room.
0: I know, but that makes me think of Ready or Not. Yeah. Who has a a music room? You say that like that's a normal thing to have. (laughs) Meet us in the music room. Because that's a normal thing that people have in their homes. Yeah. Um, You have one. Yeah, so we'll talk about that off mic. Okay. But, uh, so, tomorrow begins uh, the second half.
1: Yes. I am very excited about that, because the crowds die down. It's just the diehards.
0: Yeah. It's so So great. There was a couple of times with the crowds today that I was just like, I hate everybody. I was better with the crowds today.
1: Yesterday was bad for me. It was just like, no, can't handle it. I had
0: several times today that some dude literally stepped right out in front of me and just stopped. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, seriously, I hate you. (laughs) I hate you so much. But, uh, yeah, there there was a,
1: one of the girls in Trampa Infernal just randomly punches people in the face, (laughs) which is kind of great. You, you should have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, (laughs) like, what would happen? Just, just kidney punch somebody. And
0: like, they, are, they all, and they were not wrong in their assumption, but they all assumed I would stop. What happens if I decide not to? I know how to keep moving forward.
1: Yeah, you're, you're like a professional in that.
0: <laughs> like, I've had 10 years of experience of try, doing my damnedest to push people out of my way and get in front of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. I would not, obviously I wouldn't do that. But I might. Oh, I did have a fun interaction with Tim Lee. Oh yeah, <laughs> where another dude cut me off actually. So I went up. I want. I decided I needed whiskey for reasons, which are that my name is Wendy, and um, so I go up to the kind of the front desk, the front yeah. counter, rather than going into the highball because, and and literally as I walk up, this dude comes sideways. There's clearly a line, and he just walks up to it, and they they ask him first, and I'm just like. I hate everything right now. But anyway, so I get up there, and I'm like, and the guys, what do you need? And I said, "Uh, shot of Jameson, neat. And this voice, literally in my ear over my shoulder, that's always a solid choice. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Tim League, just standing. And I turn around, I'm like, what? Tim, you are? Are you lurking back there? He's like, no, I'm not. I'm not a lurker. And I, eh aren't you though? You're a little bit of a lurker. He's like, how does he lurk inside of his own business? He does though. (laughs) And so he, he, he was all like, I will buy you that drink if you'll take it back. (laughs) And I'm like, you're right, Tim, you are not a lurker. Put that on my tab. Yes. (laughs) Bravo. So that was, you got
1: free booze out of Tim league.
0: (laughs) It's not that hard. I know. I know.
1: (laughs) I got a free beer on uh, at one of my one of the screenings. I can't remember which one. Maybe it was Dolomite. It seems I, likely. Yeah, got free um, beer. They oh, this... <laughs> it's a... oh dear, Wendy.
0: <laughs> during why don't you just die? I completely forgot this. There comes a point where somebody gets. I'm sorry if it's a spoiler, but there comes a point where somebody gets shot in the gut, and the resulting intestines and they come around and they serve little beanie weenies. What? (laughs) Everybody got a little little cup full of like little tiny sausages. Oh my god. So yeah,
1: Draft House served even wiener sausages. It was
0: just so fucked
1: up. (laughs) um, We got panna cotta during uh, Platform.
0: Awesome. Yeah,
1: little tiny cups of, of panna cotta.
0: Awesome. I love it when they pull shit like that. I did. Did you get to see the cake? You might not have. They had the the butt boy cake. No, the Freddy Krueger cake. I did not see that for reasons. I was up in the draft house office Uh this afternoon, and I saw it. I thought it was a bust, like a maquette, Mm -hmm. right? No, it was a cake. Wow! It looked I. It looked that good, hat and all, of Freddy Krueger's face with his hat on and the shoulders. And the sweater. Wow! And apparently it was a cake, for obviously for the Scream queen and the drag, yeah. the drag party. So they must have had it. And so I was talking to Kristen Bell. She's like, "That's a cake." And I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And then we got to laughing. We're like, "But honestly, like, who wants to eat that cake? It looks gross because it looks like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. I'm sure it's delicious. I mean, yeah. but like, ooh, here's some scarred skin. Let's shove that in our faces." Mm, She's like, "Yeah, fondant. can you?" She's like, mm, can you imagine cutting into that? And I'm like, I mean, you'd obviously need to cut into it with the Freddy glove. And she just stopped and went, "Well, shit." That that she's like, nobody ever thinks of anything good here anymore. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's clearly not true. She's like, but that's what that's what takes it over the top. That's when it becomes gold. Yeah,
1: there there was another cake, dear listeners. There there's a movie on the schedule that neither of us have seen yet called butt boy. And, um, at the press house, at the press, at the press house, a cake was delivered. That that's an ass. Two round cheeks, two round cheeks with,
0: it looked like a remote control shoved into it. Probably. (laughs) I mean, the premise of butt boy is, I mean, it, it's not any sort of spoiler. Is a man goes in for his first proctology and finds he likes it and starts experimenting, <laughs> but then well, apparently goes to unexpected places, which up the butt should be a little bit frightening for all of us, right? Okay. Um, so yeah, butt boy. Um, so my frequent, my other podcaster podcast, A Real Education, the musical, and one of. Are the co-host Mike He's constantly saying butt stuff Like so you know what happens next And anytime you ask him a question that he, If he can he'll say butt stuff So for Christmas I got him a t-shirt that says Butt stuff In a, in, in a beautiful like italic font Yeah it's yeah. really fancy looking Yeah. And apparently the director of butt stuff Told him he or loved butt boy. that shirt Pardon me Yeah. Told him he loved that shirt <laughs> Twice <laughs> <laughs> And it made Mike was just beaming with joy. He's like, "My friend Wendy gave me the best shirt." And it was his birthday when he got yes. the compliment.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: he's so happy. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. All right, so let's wrap this up because we Yes, oh my like,
1: god, we need sleep. All right, dear listeners, thank you for joining us yet again. Um we we hope we, you have been taking notes because, because we saw awesome stuff today.
0: Oh, it was just so, it was solid today. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and we will be back tomorrow.
0: See you later. with more
1: movies.